Hello and welcome to From No Crypto to No Crypto. This is Blockchain Wayne bringing you another cryptocurrency podcast. Today's episode is brought to us by Coincierge Club, mobile private key wallet and point of sale solution. Coincierge Club makes purchasing easy, safe, and the overall process more efficient while costing less, helping to make cryptocurrency mainstream. All right, looking at the market today, we've seen a slight uptick from yesterday. Not a whole lot going on, still holding the level today, we've been floating between the 6,300 and 6,500 mark with Bitcoin. Everything else on the market is looking, uh, for the most part, around 1% to 2% flat. Still trying to get this thing going with a whole lot of sideways movement. Just can't seem to get the key started. All right, hopefully we get this rocket ship started soon. Uh, let's take a look at so BTC USD pair. Looking at it, a couple days ago spiked around sixty nine hundred dollars, uh, dropped back down. That fell back down to sixty two sixty, but still trading in that side, sideways zone, sixty five sixty five hundred and ten uh, average. And what we want to look at so to be able to look at what's really going on. Many people are calling for a bigger dip, right? We've hit we've hit the lowest low around right below fifty seven hundred. Uh, not too long ago. And what is stopping us from falling there? Even when some of the indicators look like we're due for another big dip and it doesn't happen, there's a big support level happening around between the $62 to $6,300 level. I mentioned on the last podcast episode, if you look on Bitfinex, there's what we call a whale, which is either one person or an entity that is purchasing large amounts of Bitcoin. They've been accumulating right around on the average, looking at the average buy orders, around $6,300. But so far, they have accumulated the equivalent of $190 million worth of Bitcoin at the $6,300 price. So looking at that, that looks like a huge level of support. Somebody apparently believes heavily that we see a lot of upside from here, not just in the long term, but in the short term as well. Nobody would dump that kind of money in if they thought there was a lower low, a bottom where we could buy that at. So that's what we're looking at. You know, we're going to see what's going on in the market and what's going to happen. So. Moving along, let's take a look at what's in the news. Not a whole lot in the news today, but I do have a few things to point out. Coinbase. All right, Coinbase, I've been talking about Coinbase a lot lately because they've been in the news a lot lately. This is not actually a news article. Received an email today. Coinbase has mentioned not too long ago that they were going to make some improvements to their platform and got an email today basically saying it was going to start around the end of the month. And what we're looking at now, you'll have the ability to immediately sell the funds you hold in the USD wallet or to purchase cryptocurrency on Coinbase immediately and then increase, increase the daily transfer limit to as much as $25,000 per day if you get verified. Now, what does that mean? A lot of times, so this is what was happening. If you wanted to buy Bitcoin through uh, Coinbase, you would make a purchase, say with your bank, and that purchase would take anywhere from five to seven days. In most cases, it was seven days before that Bitcoin or whatever other cryptocurrency you buy from Coinbase showed up in your wallet, flip, the, flip it to the other side. If you didn't want to buy right away, maybe you just want to send money from your bank to, uh, to Coinbase, you would do an ETF transfer. If, if it was less than $10,000, you had to do an ETF transfer. They won't let you do a wire transfer for less than 10,000. So again, that money would take seven days to show up in your account before you could buy. Now, we all agree seven days in the cryptocurrency market is a long time. A lot can happen in seven days, right? You could buy, and by the time you get it seven days later, it has dipped drastically. You didn't have a chance to sell on the dip or vice versa. It could have shot up. Um, 
or you could have sent the money into buy and it shot up a lot and you end up buying it for a lot more. So what this allows you to do is to buy right away. So if you send the money in or make a purchase, those funds or that cryptocurrency is available right away. The only thing, the waiting period, it still takes that amount of time for the bank to, for Coinbase to receive the money from your bank through an ETF transfer. So instead of making you wait seven days, you can buy, sell, on, on Coinbase's platform, the only thing you can't do is transfer it out to another exchange or withdraw it until that money from the bank has hit your account or that money from the bank has hit Coinbase and been used to purchase the cryptocurrency that you put in a buy order for. So getting a little easier to use, a lot, a lot more streamlined to get your money, get some funds into cryptocurrency. One of the biggest struggles people have is where do I go to get my US dollars or whatever your, your currency is into into crypto and that's that's going to make it a little bit easier next in the news so banks consume over three times more electricity than bitcoin according to a researcher all right so the popular debate on whether or not bitcoin's network electricity consumption is causing serious damage to our climate not headed in the right direction so with some re researchers at the university of Pittsburgh looked at because there's been a lot of hype a lot of people concerned about the environment and electricity use that Bitcoin is creating. I always tell people when I get that, that objection, what you want to look at, you know, as said here, banks consume three times more energy than Bitcoin, you know, so you've got banks utilizing, you know, electricity, how much time is spent in counting and transferring. And, and just think about the cars, the armored car pickups for businesses that have to carry cash and a lot that can be, a lot of energy consumption can be reduced by using Bitcoin and not using your normal currency. But this study just helps reinforce that idea that banks alone are using three times more energy than the Bitcoin network. Um, they claim experts are failing to understand some of the basics behind renewable energy systems. Electricity production can increase while still maintaining a minimal impact on the environment. So just because they're using a lot of electricity, we do want to focus on getting Bitcoin mining really all electricity in general to be more efficient and minimal impact on the environment. So it should center around who is producing it and where their power comes from. So if you think about the amount of electricity used for Bitcoin, banking alone consumes an estimated 100 terawatts. Now this is a little bit more than three times the energy that Bitcoin mining consumes. They also stated in a study claiming, assuming 100 times increase in Bitcoin's current market size, it would still only be 2% of all energy consumption in the world. So a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, misconception, misleading statements when it's looked at the power needed for Bitcoin mining, when you consider how much electricity is needed to mint coins, to print dollars, right? So none of that is taken into effect. It really, it really at the end of the day is not as big an issue as some people make it out to be. All right, next in the news, a new exchange we haven't talked about in a while, Bittrex. Bittrex is a U.S.-based cryptocurrency exchange. They are parting, partnering with a regulated alternative trading system, ATS, with the aim of ultimately launching trading in crypto securities. So in an announcement Thursday, Bittrex said it is working with Rialto Trading, who currently offers fixed income products for traders to gain regulatory approval to support blockchain-based securities. Now, we've heard that a lot, of, a lot of talk around cryptocurrencies, anything that is not decentralized in a cryptocurrency space which is controlled by a central organization could be considered a security. So Bittrex just appears to be aligning itself with that fact of if some of these cryptos become securities, they will still be able to offer them in trading. 
the also they're also going to look to support many U.S. dollar trading for digital securities with this partnership. As you can know, most exchanges allow you to trade to USDT, which is not the U.S. actual the actual U.S. dollar. Is the U.S. dollar tether it is a cryptocurrency, a stable coin that is pegged at the one dollar value, but it is not the true U.S. dollar. There's been a lot of skepticism around the USDT not being a legit cryptocurrency, but that is what we have right now. As they add more USD pairs, you're going to see a lot more trading action happening. So, all right, moving along. So with there not being a whole lot of news, I want to move on to crypto education. Got a few topics for today, just to dig a little bit deeper into crypto education. Now, when I started out with from, you know, creating from no crypto to no crypto, First with the book that I wrote, which is available on Amazon under the same name. And then, you know, with the podcast and my Facebook page, my biggest goal is to educate people around all things cryptocurrency, make this space not seem so daunting, not seem so hard to learn, because the biggest way we're going to get to mass adoption is through education. And as more people start to understand it, they're going to be drawn to the basis of cryptocurrency, not just as a financial investment, but as a true digital currency decentralized networks and what that really means. So looking at what's in the news today. So Bitcoin.org, uh, website has added a new page. So on Bitcoin.org, they added a new page that identifies various types of scams that are currently circulating. It's a great start help informing, you know, new people in the crypto, how to better safeguard their coins. There's still a whole lot that they can add to this site, but I, I challenge you to go on there. It's, it's actually Bitcoin.org slash en slash scams and if you go there there's it lists the different types of scams that are out there just so you're aware of what's out there because if you've never heard of something before it may sound good it may in fact sound too good to be true so you want to be able to do your research and there's a lot more than just reading this website but this is a start it's going to give you an idea of what to look for in the different scams that are that are out there a lot of these scam predators prey on people's ignorance people that don't really understand you know, cryptocurrency don't know the whole ins and outs. And so they're trying to prey on people's ignorance. Best way to safeguard yourself is with education. All right, next. So we've been talking a lot and hearing a lot in the news about ETF. What the heck is an ETF? So let's look at this. An ETF is basically what's called an exchange traded fund. You know, and you think about the cryptocurrency world, everyone pretends they know everything. And this is another deal. You hear people, a lot of people talking, on, on social media, on different news outlets. When you hear people call themselves a cryptocurrency expert, just be, be wary. There are very few experts in there. I'm no expert by any means. I'm just someone that is learning as we go as well. But I've got some knowledge that I've picked up over the last couple of years that I can share with others to help you either learn from my mistakes or help you get up to speed with things a lot faster. So a lot of people are talking about ETFs. ETFs good, ETFs bad. I've looked at some conversation on social media. and Some people, they're arguing the point they don't even know what an ETF is. So ETF, exchange traded fund, is nothing more or less than a stock that allows, um, allows you to invest in something without holding the actual asset. Now, what does that mean? So the difference, the ETF isn't a company that makes an item or produces services. The ETF invests in one or more other things like stocks or bonds and companies, or they invest in Bitcoin. So with an ETF, you're buying a fund that say holds 500 stocks or in crude oil, or in this case, what we're talking about, they invest in Bitcoin. So you can, the fund will actually hold the Bitcoin, own the Bitcoin, you own a portion of the fund, 
and you get rewarded off of the value of that. And that is what a fund. An ETF enables easy investments in assets. The ETF is listed on a stock exchange and given a ticker. Assets can include an ETF can range from liquid assets an investor could easily invest in directly, such as stocks. But the ETF might offer the valuable feature of being diversified or targeting a particular industry or geography. So we're talking about Bitcoin ETFs and, and other crypto ETFs. You could see a quote unquote mutual fund type uh, ETF that hold, holds uh, a quantity of multiple different cryptocurrencies. So additionally, as it relates to Bitcoin and other crypto assets, an ETF can offer investors a very easy way to invest in those assets, which would otherwise be difficult or administratively challenging to access. This, the bottom line is a Bitcoin ETF should create massive additional liquidity in Bitcoin. And that is what people are pushing for. That is the big deal is it's not that we want an ETF. We want more liquidity in the market, more money flowing into cryptocurrency, more mainstream adoption. ETF is one way to help that get started. So that is something that can happen. Also, you know, there's other things that are happening with the payment processors we've been talking about in past episodes where more payment processors, more companies are developing platforms to allow different retailers and vendors and merchants to accept Bitcoin. That's also going to increase the liquidity in the market. An ETF can be something that simply tracks the value of either one or many cryptocurrencies and is traded throughout the day. So if you own an exchange traded fund, you don't own the underlying crypto asset. You can make a profit or loss on the way those assets move. So that is in essence what an ETF is. It's just gonna allow more institutional money to flow into Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Again, moving us towards mainstream adoption, mass acceptance. All right, next topic, one more topic. I told you I had a lot for crypto education today. Decentralized exchanges. What is a decentralized exchange and why is it important? So decentralized exchange is an exchange market that does not rely on a third party service to hold customers' funds. All right, a little bit of humor there with the sound effect, but what I wanted to point out here is that is the key of decentralization. If you're trading a decentralized asset, on a centralized exchange, that exchange could get hacked, could lose your money. That exchange could basically stop your access to the account and walk away with what you have. Now, there's a lot of legitimate companies out here that, that have centralized exchanges, but a decentralized exchange, there's no middleman. You are trading directly with the other person. There is no middleman uh, facilitating that trade. And so I'm going to talk about a few of them. So the trade occurs directly between users, which is known as peer-to-peer -peer through an automated process. The systems can be achieved by creating proxy tokens uh, or assets that can represent shares in a company, for example. So that's what a decentralized exchange is. I'm going to talk about a few real quick that, that I, I find add some value. So Waves, DEX. Now, if you see the term in, when you're looking up cryptocurrency information, you see DEX term. That is short for decentralized exchange. It's all that is. So the Waves decentralized exchange provides you the best of two worlds, provides you control of your funds on the blockchain and accelerates the exchange process by using a centralized matching service. So the decentralized part is what gives you access. It, it really makes the process a lot faster. Coincierge Club, who sponsors our, our podcast episodes, is built on the Waves Exchange. And their processes are so fast, it's way faster than Visa, MasterCard, or any of those combined. Over 250,000 transactions per second can be transacted through Coincierge Club, which is, like I said, built on the Waves platform. So this way you get the best of both the centralized and decentralized worlds. 
Another one to look at, Open Ledger DEX, which is built on the BitShares blockchain. BitShares is a blockchain I've been bullish on for a while. They're also extremely fast blockchain, one of the most utilized blockchains out there, uh, but you don't hear a lot about it because there's not a, a centralized, central company hyping it up. But this is something that I've invested in and continue to buy more in the BitShares cryptocurrency because I believe in their technology and their blockchain and they actually have a working product. So they have a decentralized exchange. It's called Open Ledger, which leveraging BitShares graphene technology to cater to its services. There's also one out there called IDEX, I-D-E-X. IDEX is a cryptocurrency exchange that allows you to trade ERC-20 tokens, which are your Ethereum-based tokens. A lot of ICOs over the last couple of years have been launched on the Ethereum blockchain. There's a lot of ERC-20 tokens out there. There's a lot of centralized ERC-20 token exchanges or exchanges that are centralized that support ERC-20 tokens. But this one, it gives you a truly decentralized uh, exchange. Also, Stellar, Stellar Dex, decentralized exchange. You, to create one on Stellar, Stellar Lumens Exchange, you create a public key and a secret key, and then you deposit 20 Lumens to activate and start trading. Now, that's really not a whole lot right now. Stellar Lumens is not trading very high, but I do like their technology, their platform. Uh, to give you an idea, the volume at the time of writing, at, at the time of this broadcast exchange is 55 Bitcoin with six cryptocurrency crypto asset pairs that are listed on it. So what does that mean? It's not a whole lot of volume right now, but decentralized exchanges are still in their infancy. Now, a couple things to note about decentralized exchanges. As I mentioned, you hold your public key, you hold your secret key. There is no customer service that, hey, I forgot my password, can you reset my password? You forgetting your password, you will need your secret key. Your secret key is not something that you store on a computer or on any kind of, you can store it on a flash drive removed from a computer, but you need to have a physical copy as well. What if that flash drive gets corrupted? You want to have a physical copy as well. Don't store it in your email. Don't just store it on your computer. If you get hacked, someone has access to your secret keys and you defeated the whole purpose. You are in this case, you are the company, you are the bank, you are the security. So protect your passwords, protect your, your secret keys and don't leave them anywhere where they can easily be accessed, whether it's storing them on your phone, storing them on your computer, have a physical copy written out. If you take a notebook and put it in a safe or also, like I said, you can put it on a flash drive, but have a physical copy backed up because I personally have experienced a flash drive being corrupt and, and having to not being able to get the information off of the flash drive. So uh, that is it for our crypto podcast today. Hope you learned a lot today. Heavy focus on education today. Uh, that is it, and we'll see you on the next episode.